0: So, why did I give you an apple? Why? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you give the apple to, normally? You know, if you're in school? A teacher. Teacher, <laughs> right. We give it back to you. Now, think about that, okay? What am I implying by this, by giving you an apple? Well, I'm implying that you are a teacher a teacher now a lot of us have opportunity and do teach every day you just sort of overlook it you know if you're a parent you have taught a lot during your lifespan you've taught your children if you you know i i've taught men how to install rock uh ronnie teaches uh offers correction correction is a type of teaching greg he's Help people or taught people how to install windows or vinyl siding or whatever. You have Nancy and Teresa that works at a daycare, and of course they that's all you know teaching. So we teach more than we realize. But with this scripture, think about this scripture. Isaiah eleven and verse nine says, For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. How do you think this is going to take place? And that's the purpose, of course, of me giving you an apple. I am implying that you're going to have a part in what we would call re-educating the world when Christ returns. Notice that. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. You know, we don't need more religion We don't necessarily need more churches. What we need is this right here. For the earth to be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And yes, I'm implying that sometimes even though you have churches, you're not getting this. You're not getting the end results of this. Much of this life, now listen closely. Much of this life is about you figuring out what will not work. In fact, you've been given about, you know, mankind has been given 6,000 years to do just that. And that, figuring that out is incredible, valuable information. What will not work. In fact, it's one of the things that gives us conviction. You know, that's not gonna, you know, don't go down that road, that's not gonna work. And it's one of the reasons we beat our heads against the wall. It's why some people call us hard-headed. Uh, when you have to repeat things over and over until you get it right. Why so many times we say, if I would have just done this right the first time. You ever said that? You ever done that? You know, I would <laughs> And so we got to figure it out over and over again why, you know, what will not work. This is a picture of the kitchen down at the bottom you'll notice some rotted boards across to there and uh, water damage and things like that and Ed Frill said you know you could all you got to do is just double that up and just cut off three inches and put a couple two or fours on the bottom I thought well, yeah that, that's that's pretty simple fix there so it had been e- it would have been easy to just cover that wall up because you'd never known it uh <laughs> with the rot and all that in there and so I thought okay let's take the time to do this right and so I cut out the bottom boards and it took a long time but you know uh, it's, it's do it right the first time if I had just done this right the first time you ever thought why so many times our sins are repeated over and over again it could be that you haven't figured out what will not work you haven't you know proved that to yourself this will not work now here's a chart mankind has been given this is okay six thousand years the creation of man here six work days of the week And of course the Bible says a day is like a thousand years to God and a thousand years is like a day. God has allotted mankind six working days or 6,000 years. 6,000 years uh, allowed for man to go his own way. But to learn a valuable lesson in life. And that is what will not work. And then you come to the seventh day, which will be the return of Christ. Christ intervenes and you have the seventh day or the Sabbath day, Sabbath rest, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on this earth, the kingdom of God, the government of God on this earth. But we have these six work days that we're a part of right now. 6,000 years to figure out what will not work. Now, what God did on the seventh day, you know, he looked at everything that he did and he said, it's very good. I, I I do that sometimes on the Sabbath. I'll look at projects and things that I've done during the week and I'll rejoice in it. And I'll think, "Well, that that's pretty good. That looks good. I like that." And uh being thankful to God. And I think God probably did that. I mean, of course he did that after he, he created all that he had created and he probably looked and thought, "Man, you know, I'm impressed <laughs> with with what I've done." Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong to rejoice in that. Now, it's incredible help for you to eva- on the Sabbath day to evaluate for the last six days what has not worked. I mean think about this. You have the Sabbath, come along. you have six days you've, you've done whatever, and to evaluate on the Sabbath what has not worked. What, in other words, what's causing you your frustrations? Sometimes it can be people. It can be workers. It can be, it can be a lot of things. But, on, but to consider, okay, let me consider what has not worked. Why am I unhappy? Why am I overwhelmed? What do you have on your plate? How much do you have on your plate? What's causing your frustrations? To consider that. Why did it, you know, Why did I drift away from God during the last six days? To evaluate that on the Sabbath day. To figure out what hasn't worked during the past six days that I've, I've, you know, six days work week. Why do I feel I've wasted my time? non-productive? To evaluate the last six days. What has not worked. Now, they say the average person that lives to be 78 years old spends four years on the toilet, 26 years sleeping, nine years watching tv and that leaves only 39 years to get anything done so time is sort of short here when you evaluate the whole your whole lifespan and to get busy doing you know what's really important some good advice is to get a timer and i've I've done this with sometimes the work that i do church work i'll get a timer and i'll start timing how much time i've spent on this project and write it down you know because If you don't, you can let time, you know, you can let a lot of time just go away, just waste away, and you don't get anything done. Um, You know, to evaluate, how much time do I spend on the phone talking? How much time do I spend reading emails? You know, someone said, do you really think that the most important thing for you to do in the morning is to check your email? (laughs) No, it's not. There's more important things to do than that. Uh, frivolous things time wasters uh, busy now. get this busy but not productive and that that we can fit into that category we can be work ourselves to death and yet not get anything done you know we look at what how after the six day work week we evaluate ourselves and we say boy six days nothing accomplished nothing done <laughs> that can be a problem organization helps you know, I learned that with, with this little project on the church. You know, I'd go to Lowe's and pick up some materials, and because I didn't think it out well enough, I had to go back again to Lowe's. So I'm back and forth to Lowe's, zoom, 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 zoom. You know, how much am I driving? Just organize that in your mind a little bit better. What do I really take the time to organize? Organization is very important. Now, sometimes we look at people who have hopeless situations. And there seems to be no right answer I think of dysfunctional family systems no right answer but you know it's important to be able to say look I may not know what will work but I can sure tell you what will not work (laughs) don't do this 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 that's critical that's valuable some of the most valuable information you can have is the knowledge of what will not Work, And I'm saying this experience that you're learning right now is going to be incredibly valuable in the kingdom of God, knowing what will not work. Now, Thomas Edison, you know, they say that he had out his window a thousand burn-up filaments trying to create a light bulb. And then they were piled up out his window. And someone was getting on to him, you know, boy, you know, a thousand, you sure are, you know, that's you're a failure you're never gonna get this right you are never gonna get this to work this light bulb and he he made this this quote this statement he said I have not failed I've just found 10,000 ways that will not work (laughs) but I'm saying that that's valuable information there that is valuable information Thomas Edison's teacher said he was too stupid to learn anything He was fired from his first two jobs for being nonproductive. As an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. That's an incredible idea there. 1,000 steps. I know 1,000 ways that it will not work. That is valuable information. Good day for a picnic. (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, I have not failed I've just found 10,000 ways that will not work you were born to teach and I think most of you know that this information is back there but I just want to mention it the coming utopia training future leaders if you've never read that, be sure and pick that up. Take it home and read it. Uh, training future leaders, because it, you know, it, it's important to understand what this life is really all about. And to understand the things that we go through and why we sometimes struggle and figure out why, you know, how long it takes to figure out, okay, this is not going to work. You were born to teach. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. How will this take place? How will this take place? Now, I want to look at some examples in the Bible that tells us about our future um, role in the soon coming government or kingdom of God. First of all, let's look at Jesus Christ. We know that he's going to be king of kings and Lord. He he is qualified to be king when he returns to this earth. Isaiah 2 and verse 2 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. We're really talking about an educational system here when Christ returns. And many people shall go up and say come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us, notice that he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So it mentions a location there. Jerusalem. Talking about the soon coming government, kingdom of God on this earth. And it's going to be incredible teaching responsibilities here. Christ is the supreme ruler teacher. Let's understand that. You know, it starts at the top down. He's the supreme ruler or teacher. And as we look at this scripture, What we see is religion and government is not separated. It's sort of one and the same almost. Religion and government is not separated as you see it today. Which is an interesting concept. Now, let's take a look at David. What will David, King David, Cord talked about David, what will he be doing when Christ returns? And the resurrection takes place. David will be resurrected and rule over the physical descendants of ancient Israel. Well, let's notice this, Ezekiel 34 and verse 23, "And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he, sh- he shall feed them, even my servant David, he shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. You know, so many people read their Bible and they think it's all about past events. You know, one-third of the Bible is prophecy. And I would say 90% of all that prophecy is in the future, a time called the end time, when much of it is going to take place. So it's important to understand where we are on this map. Let me explain what I'm talking about. You know, a GPS, and your phones will do this, it will ask you okay to identify your location it's got to know where you're at you got to understand where you're at before you can if you don't know where you're at you're going to be lost you know and so you've got the GPS identifies your location well when it comes to the Bible the word of God and making sense out of what is going on it's important to understand where we're at that big circle I've illustrated where we're at on this map that circle represents we're at a time called I think the end time are awful close to it anyway. Especially when you look at this chart, understanding that those 6,000 years are about up, that mankind has been on this earth. You know, the Jews' recollection, I forget what they say, they, they say it's 200 more years or so before that time is up. Some people say they had that wrong, but anyway, what I'm saying is we're close. We're a lot closer than we were when, you know, when it first, when creation began anyway. So we, we, we consider, okay, where are we on this map? You know, religion and the Bible it, it sort of gets more exciting when you realize where you're at on that map. You know, one minister said he wouldn't trade the time in which he lives for any other time period because he believed that we were living at the end time. Somebody's going to see the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. And uh, I know things can get bad, but still, God also can protect you. Now let's consider the 12 apostles. We're talking about positions that people will have when Christ returns to this earth. Okay, 12 apostles. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said, Boys, you're going to retire in heaven. You're going to walk streets of gold and you're going to play harp music. And you're going to live in heavenly mansions. No, that's not what he said. Let's take a look at what he said. And Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in, this, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Israel, excuse me. So that's a responsibility. That's a teaching role. Judging the twelve tribes or uh, of Israel and we're talking about the 12 apostles here Well, what about us alright let's put us into the picture when Christ returns Revelation 2 to 2 and verse 26 and he that overcometh that's something that you're doing right now and keeps my works unto the end that's also something you gotta be faithful you can't abandon your calling what God has revealed to you to him will I give power over the nations And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessel of a potter shall they be broken into shivers even as I have received of my father. You're going to rule okay, over nations. Now you think, okay, I can't do that. I can't rule over nations. Look. First of all, you figure out what will not work, and that in itself is valuable information. Then after you figure out what will not work, you hit upon, eventually, that thing that will work. This is, okay, ruling with a rod of iron, power over the nations. I mean, let's face it, some people just don't understand a slap on the wrist. The only thing they understand is a 2 before across the head. That's where the rod of iron comes in, all right? it's gonna take this for some people. Who is that guy that I think he needs a rod of iron? Farrakhan? Is it? What? You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think he might need a... (laughs) If you've ever watched him, but uh, uh, experts in what will not work. Been there, done that. Okay. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that will not work. Revelation 5 and verse 10. Notice this. And have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Wait a minute. What does that say? Reign where? Somebody say it. Wait, did somebody say heaven? Where? Where are we going to reign? Earth. You know, the Bible is really simple to understand when you just take it at face value and you say the Bible means what it says, says what it means. Okay, we're going to reign on the earth. Christ is returning to this earth because earth is where all your problems are at. There are no problems in heaven. Heaven doesn't need fixing. It's the earth that needs fixing. What is the true function of a priest? Well, is it not to teach? For the priest's lips shall keep knowledge and they they should seek the law at his mouth For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. All right. Okay, that's the last slide. You were born to teach. Let me continue on here. Uh, Re educating the world. A lot of people would say, well, I can't teach. I'm not qualified to teach. And, you know, that's, that's not correct. All the dead end streets that you've been down, just like Edison with his thousand pieces of filament light bulb experiments that he that he knew that wouldn't work. That's valuable information. That is valuable knowledge to know what will not work. It is experience. The experience of what will not work gives you conviction. You know, you would have very little conviction if everything you did turned to gold. You know, it's just boom. It's easy. Oh, yeah, yep, that's nothing. I, well, I can do okay. You know, you would have very little conviction. It is the work that is involved. It is sometimes failure. It is, okay, the thousand ways that will not work that often gives us, it's the hard times that can give us conviction. Okay, the hard times. Now, I want to give you this a handout. Well, it's not really a handout, it's just something to encourage you entitled Don't Quit. Don't Quit. I have this hanging up in my ki- our kitchen. <laughs> Teresa makes me read it every day. <laughs> okay, when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are, debts are high, and when you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learn. And many a people turns about when they might have won, had they stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. I've often thought about, if I would have just one more try, just one more time, would have been the success story. Just one more time. Often the struggle has, a struggler has given up when he might have captured the victory's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you mustn't quit. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. What do you have to do to be saved? Well, okay, I know all except Christ. I understand all that. But you endure to the end. You know, our atti- attitude should be, I will die trying to figure this out. If I have to go to my grave, I will die trying to figure this thing out. I am not going to give up. I will figure this thing out. I will never give up. Even though I know 10,000 ways that not to do it. And the strange thing is that the 10,000 wrong ways is just as valuable, more valuable, than the one right way. I mean, that, that bit of information. Again, if you got it right the very first try, that's not the way life works in reality, is it? Very first try. At least it's never been that way for me. Turn to Isaiah 13 verse 20. A powerful scripture, Isaiah 30 and verse 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not your teachers be removed into the corner anymore, but your eyes shall see thy teachers. Notice how it refers to us as teachers. That's Isaiah 30 and verse 20. The resurrected saints will be able to appear in material bodies, just as Jesus did. He appeared to his disciples. And notice, notice what we will do. Verse 21, Isaiah 20, 30, excuse me, did I say, am I getting that wrong? Isaiah 30 and verse 20, Isaiah 30 and verse 21. I'm getting dyslexic here, uh, reversing this stuff. Okay, and your eyes shall hear a word behind thee saying this is the way walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. You know, that's, that's powerful. That's a powerful concept that you see someone making a mistake when this government is established and you say, no, don't go there. That's, let's have some correction here. That's the wrong way to go. That will not work. This is the way. Walk you in this way. So, do you now see why it's important to know all the wrong all the ways that will not work? At least be familiar, you know, to, to not think that this is not valuable information. Because when you see someone going in that wrong direction, you can say that's not going to work. Again, you were born to teach as this scripture says at the very beginning the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea you're going to have your part in re-educating the world